Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschbeck. And I'm the the official bad boy of comics, Matt Golden. That is a, a title he gave to himself. <laughs> no one has appointed him that. I, I was officially voted that uh, at my own household. I was the only person who voted. And my girlfriend abstained from voting. I'm sure that must have been an exciting race. Oh, uh, yeah, it really was. I campaigned. I put up posters and everything, and I, and I took home the victory. But this week we are talking about... Fan Expo Dallas, a comic convention that Matt and I both went to uh, this past week. Yeah, uh, layman's terms would be a comic con. Do you think that's fair to say? Yeah, that's fair to say. <laughs> okay, so there was lots of cool stuff there. Uh, there was lots of good. Uh, there was a few bad, I would even say, probably. Um, but let's let's dive right the fuck into it. What do you? Uh, what was your um, shit? What was your favorite part of Comic Con? Dallas Fan Expo. That's a great question. I know, I know, I know. I think my personal favorite part was going to the Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo panel. I think that was just really cool to see them up close and to hear them talk in person about the future of working, working their past working together, their future working together, and plans they have going forward. You know what? Alex went to the free panel. I went to the I paid $100 to get some shit signed by these hombres panel of Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. And that was my favorite part. Alex couldn't go to it because he is uh, destitute, living in poverty in the streets. Well, while you're doing that, I was seeing Joe Casada speak. So yeah, I, I that's true. Happy. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Uh, but yeah, I think both of our favorite parts of seeing those two guys. Uh, what would you say Scott Snyder is like? He he seems like a genuinely nice guy, which is, I mean, it's a strange thing to say from just across, but he seems to love the characters that he writes and seems to be really humble for all the success that he's had and still seems enthusiastic about the job. What do you think about, oh, uh, Mr. Greg, Mr. Capullo, if I've you're se- nasty? <laughs> I've seen Greg Capullo before, and, I mean, he's exactly as you expect. He's a larger-than-life artist. He's always throwing up metal hands, too. So Yeah, he know, really is. Which made him the perfect artist for Dark Knight's metal in that case. If you go and look at a picture of Greg Capullo, he sounds exactly like how he looks. He is a uh, bald guy with he, a handlebar mustache. Yeah, he looks like he'd be an extra on Sons of Anarchy. Oh, 100%. And you're like, oh, does that guy have a Jersey accent? You're goddamn right he does. He's just, a, he's really fucking cool. He's really funny. He'll talk about literally anything and everything. He is he is definitely larger than life. I know in my panel, Snyder revealed that in one of the upcoming Justice League books that Detective Chimp uh, will be in it, and that he also still has plans for the Batman Who Laughs. Did he say anything cool in the panel that you attended? Oh my god. Uh, so, Capullo and Snyder, the guys, these are the two guys that wrote um, the new 52 Batman. They wrote it for like four or five fucking years. They wrote Batman... For that fucking long. That's how good these two guys are. They are trusted with arguably the most important comic in all of comics. Um, he, he was giving spoilers because their contract is up with, with DC. And they're like, maybe we'll go to Marvel. Maybe we'll do something independent. Maybe we'll stick with DC. They gave all these fucking options. 
and they were like, all right, so here's some shit that's coming up at Comic-Con. Uh, don't tell anybody, but do you think that I'm not going to tell you guys what he told me? You're fucking wrong. So he definitely gave a, a few spoilers into um, the Justice League Dark series that's coming up. He talked about how the Hall of Justice and the League of Doom are going to be kind of squaring off in, in his upcoming series of DC. Uh, he said there's going to be an interactive Hall of Justice at San Diego Comic-Con coming up this uh, this summer. It's going to be fucking badass. He said it's going to be a VR kind of a thing where you can go and experience it. So if you'd like to pay for our tickets and our hotel accommodations and our travel, we would be fine with that. We would accept that offer. Yeah, if any of you out there uh, just want to donate like two or three grand to each of us, that would be fantastic. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, I mean, that's really doing the least that you can possibly do. If you want to donate more, you know, that's cool too. Like, we'll. Now, did Snyder have any ideas if you ever worked for Marvel, what you would like to do? Or work for Marvel again, I should say. Oh, yeah. So they didn't really give any insight into what they would do like if they worked for Image, but they said that they were definitely interested in that and working together. But they said if they worked for Marvel, that they were going to put together a badass team of Marvel superheroes. First, Wolverine. Okay, sure. Wolverine, everybody loves Wolverine. Why would you not want to do Wolverine? Add in Captain America. Okay, cool. Put these two guys on some motherfucking motorcycles. Let's do it. Who else drives a fucking motorcycle in the Marvel Universe? Goddamn Ghost Rider does. So they would go around and they would motherfucking solve motherfucking crimes from millennia's past. It would be a badass comic. And that's kind of what they want to do. That would be an amazing story, especially with those three. Not only do they all obviously all fit like the biker persona, but if it's crimes throughout history, you have Logan, who's lived an incredibly long life. You have Ghost Rider, who is the spirit of vengeance. So he'd always be looking to avenge uh, the wrongful deaths of someone. And then you have Captain America, who's from another era, who would like to see closure on people from a time that he remembers more fondly. Yeah, exactly what Alex said or whatever. Uh, so... So here's my take on on what kind of what I saw from from these two you know living legends really. Capullo feels like he's done with with Batman. Like I don't feel like we're getting any more Batman from these two guys after Scott Snyder's done with All Star Batman. I'm sure. I mean, well, I think Batman's in Snyder's Justice League book. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's gonna do some Justice League. Um, after all that's done and their contracts up, I feel like we're not getting any more Snyder from or any more Batman. <laughs> From Capullo or Snyder. Definitely not any more solo stuff from them. I feel like they're ready to move on to something else. And with DC, once you've done Batman, I feel like you're kind of done. Like, move on. They said that they definitely would not head up Spider-Man because it's kind of too easy, too low-hanging fruit. Capullo even made the remark that anybody in this room could make a decent Spider-Man comic because, shit, it's Spider-Man. It's really easy to do. Uh, that sounds like Capullo doesn't want to draw the webs on the uniforms over <laughs> and over again. It would be really, really difficult and really, really uh, time-consuming to do some shit like that. But what about you with Casada? What was uh, what was Casada saying? Casada is a really interesting uh, guy. It's the 20th anniversary of Marvel Knights, uh, which was one of the first things that I've ever read and really what got me into comics. That was Kevin Smith and Casada's Daredevil run, which transitioned to Bendis and Alex Malave's uh, Daredevil run. That was Garth Ennis's unforgettable Punisher run, Christopher Priest's Black Panther run, which had a major influence on the movie. So they talked about Marvel Knights and Casada basically wanted to take no credit for it and just gave all the credit to the creators 
aside from himself, which I thought was really nice. Uh, so if you guys, obviously you're not here in, in studio with us. Alex was just reading that off Wikipedia. He didn't know <laughs> any of that. And he didn't really talk much about like what the future has for Marvel. He talked about like what like his actual day is like because he works between Marvel TV, Marvel films and Marvel comics. And so, but he did talk about how he would like to kind of put some of the TV and film stuff on the back burner and get into more of the comic side right now and get back to drawing again because he really misses it. And I've always loved Casada's art. So I'm looking forward to whatever he has in the future. But of course, Marvel being Marvel, we have very strict in DNAs. Casada being the CCO of Marvel is not going to break one. Uh, so he was <laughs> kind of tight lipped about what they have in the future, but he was excited about it. Which is amazing because my boy Scott Snyder was constantly like, I, I shouldn't say anything about this. And then would talk about it for like 15 minutes. It was fucking amazing. And of course, and that's why we all know that DC Films is just destroying Marvel films. <laughs> oh, shit. That's funny because it's the opposite. Loose ships. Wait, no. Loose lips sink ships for Aquaman to find. Yeah. What do you think of... Uh, uh, never mind. We're not going to get into Aquaman right now. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, Jason Momoa was there, but we did not see him because we did not want to pay... Three hundred dollars uh, to see Jason Momoa. Oh yeah, well, but I'm sure it was worth it for people that uh, put up the money for it. Yeah. So uh, if you if you don't know about Dallas Fan Expo or who was there or what was going on, both uh, Ben Affleck, the Batman, and in Alex's opinion, the best Batman there is, which is totally the wrong opinion, not even top three. Um, man, I'm I'm really trying to think of my top three and see if I put him in there or not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I did. Uh, Ben Affleck was there. Jason Momoa was there. So Batman and Aquaman were there together. And you could grab a picture for the low, low cost of like 600 bucks. Which I'm not mm-hmm. going to bash people that did that. If I had that kind of extra cash, I totally would have. Because more than anything in life, one of my goals is just to randomly see Ben Affleck and just shout, Affleck, you were the bomb in Phantom Show and nothing else. And just keep moving and just move along. If I did get to meet him. Uh, for an autograph session, I was going to have him sign a DVD copy of Jan Thought Bob Strike Back <laughs> <laughs> with no explanation. I can 100% verify that this is accurate. Uh, we really were looking for Ben Affleck so we could tell him that he was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Uh, but there was nothing but black curtains, and there was definitely no way to tell where, fan, uh, where Affleck was. They did not display it anywhere. They didn't say it anywhere in the app, so we were kind of lost. Uh, was there anything that you are disappointed by? In your experience at Fan Expo? Uh, Rob Liefeld canceling his uh, his Q&A talk uh, was was a, a major bummer. Yeah, that uh, he said he lost his voice. And that was actually the last thing we were going to do before we headed out. So yeah. that kind of put a damper. But at least we got an early start back home. So. Yeah, I mean, that was it was really cool to uh, know that we were going to go to this thing. And then it kind of pooped on our parade. But it was a bummer, too, because Liefeld's got a lot of stuff going on right now, obviously, with Deadpool 2 coming out, rumors of an X-Force movie, and, of course, Liefeld's deal with Netflix working on their own original hero universe with his characters. So it would have been cool to get info on that, but unfortunately, he canceled his panel, like Matt said. Yeah, we got jack shit from Liefeld, which sucked ass. But uh, something else that was kind of disappointing, and I'm going to say this to people, are going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I went to see Jeff Goldblum. Not the disappointing part whatsoever. Jeff Goldblum himself was charming and funny and amazing and great because it's Jeff Goldblum. Duh, you idiots. So the part that was frustrating is Alex, uh, myself, 
and Alex's wife, uh, Jess, all got these platinum things. So we were or premium, I guess. So we were basically one step below VIP. So we got in before everybody else. We got to get super close to these people. Uh, but we had to be at everything at minimum 30 minutes early, which if you've been to a Comic-Con, 30 minutes early is, is absolutely nothing. But to me, I'm like, ah, fuck waiting. I'll pay the extra money. Give give me my uh give me my time to go fart around. Uh we got there, we waited for about an hour for everything to kick off, and Jeff Goldblum gets up there and like literally, and I'm not even joking, nineteen minutes in, the uh host of the panel go- comes on and is like, Oh yeah. Um so it turns out that we uh, oversold the Jeff Goldblum signing and autograph session. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and end this panel right now. And then just took off literally 19 minutes in. There were thousands of people here to see Jeff Goldblum in this room. And then we get 19 minutes of it. Disappointing. Yeah. And that was the first panel that you went to. So it was just kind of like a thing. You're like, is this going to be like the norm for the panels, especially with like the the major guests. But the next major guest we saw was Charlie Cox. I think he did a full 45, 50 minutes. So it was nice to see that that was just an abnormality because they oversold. Speaking of my grievances, Charlie Cox isn't blind. That motherfucker can see. This is bullshit. Uh, yeah, that's why he should win an Emmy. Yeah, I've already, uh, I can't really talk about it. I've got an NDA right now. I can't talk about my lawsuit going on against Netflix and Charlie Cox and the film series or the uh, Marvel series Daredevil because I'm suing them because I, I'm clearly distressed over the fact that Daredevil isn't actually blind in real life. It was kind of funny though, like during the Q and a people just asking like ridiculous questions, like asking him if he was, if he was in infinity war uh, and like, of course he can't answer that. Marvel is not even having any screenings for infinity war until the premiere. So I, I don't think Charlie Cox is going to spill anything. Yeah. If he's that. not in a fucking trailer or preview for it like he can't say jack shit and even then like he's very very limited yeah he uh he wants to make sure that there's a daredevil season four yeah no shit okay so real quick question on there i need a yes or no and maybe like a sentence or two of of explanation here do you think daredevil or any of the uh marvel netflix characters are going to be in infinity wars uh no okay that's it thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) i would love for them to be it's i mean it'll be disappointing if they aren't even just for like a quick shot, but I, I just don't think that they will be. Marvel has done a great job of connecting their film and TV universe. No, I don't see them doing it either. If they did, I feel like it'd be really quick. It'd be fun, but I, I don't give a shit whether or not they do or not. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. It'd probably the highlight of the film for me. I'll probably just get up it and leave at that moment. So one of the highlights of these comic cons uh, is the shopping there. There's so much shit to buy. There's so much cool shit there. Um, Give me two or three things that you bought at this Comic-Con that you're just absolutely in love with. I really enjoyed their popcorn. I thought their popcorn was <laughs> top-notch. I uh, had to wait 25 minutes for it and hadn't eaten all day, so that probably paid, played a part into it. What do you think of their root beer? Uh, there was no root beer. The root beer was a lie. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, the shopping experience, too, can be kind of overwhelming. Uh, one benefit of, like, having premium passes is we got in a little bit earlier before the crowds hit on Friday. I was able to pick up some cool stuff like uh, Deadpool, Deadpool's Bad Blood by Rob Liefeld, which I didn't have yet in hardcover. Uh, I've always wanted a Hellboy pop figure. I picked up one of those. There was an exclusive Old Man Logan pop figure, too, which I picked up naturally. Yeah, I'm, I actually want to look at that price and see if it's more than the $15 that it is. 
there, which I'm I'm pretty certain that it is. Um, I got some way cooler things than, <laughs> than Alex got there. Um, <clears throat> I picked up a copy of Preacher Number One. I picked up a copy of Saga Number One. I mean, it was the fifth printing, but still, <laughs> I uh, I number hagg- one. Yeah, it was number one, but I haggled and got the price down. It was really fucking cool. Super super excited. In fact, I think you and I each having a copy of Preacher Number One is the first single issue that you and I both own that's not like stuff from like the current run for the past two or three years. It most definitely is. It's like the the one rare thing that you and I both the first like collectors like uh, comic, I should say. Yeah, I I fucking love Preacher, and and I was really really happy to get it at such a good price. I saw it and was like, oh well, I guess I have to go get that now. Like. Definitely day one, like I went and spent a ton of money on a comic. Yeah, because I think when we saw it at the Wizards World in Oklahoma City, it was close to three hundred dollars there too. It was stupid expensive, like something unreasonable. And this one was well under a hundred bucks, and it was in really really great condition too. I thought one thing too that my wife picked mm-hmm. up that was really cool in Artist Alley. There was this woman who made all this art and all these horror movie art. But instead of the characters in her movie, she substituted them with pugs. And we have two pugs, Oliver and Winston. And she picked up a Scream uh, poster that was replaced by the pugs called Snort. So I really enjoyed <laughs> that. But the woman had awesome stuff. She had Halloween, uh, The Shining. It was really cool. I kind of wish we'd gotten more. We just don't have room for it right now. Uh, there's always room for more posters. Uh, speaking of, the room that I am in, there is only one thing. Uh, and it is a, a stupid quote. By somebody named Victor Hugo. Uh, Matt also clearly can't see the <laughs> Nerf basketball hoop behind him, which is really essential for any household. That is not a poster. That is just something that is behind me. It's not something. It's how you become <laughs> an NBA baller. <laughs> That's step one. Uh, quick, very quick aside. I one time broke two toes playing indoor Nerf basketball. The end. That thing was he was playing by himself and he was playing horse. So. <laughs> I wish I was playing my dad and kicked a table. Oops. <laughs> so out of the side from like the panel, uh, you saw the stranger things panel, right? Oh yeah. I haven't really got into any of the panels that I saw. Uh, was there. Okay. So I'm just going to say that not all the majority of stranger things fans are not creepy, but there's going to be a couple uh, that just are that just cross the line. Anybody ask any questions that probably were touching appropriate for teenagers? So to so to kind of kick off my my response here, uh, the moderator for this panel had to preface this panel by saying, "Do not ask any of the stranger kids' children to give you a hug or a kiss or anything of that nature," which was a fucking bizarre thing. But I was like, "Oh, but that God. shows that it's been an issue. It's, it's been- definitely been a thing for these poor children in the past." Uh, and we had. Three of the the Stranger Kids things. Three, oh Jesus Christ! Uh, three, three. Ah, fuck. Sorry, we had better from there. We had three of the Stranger Things kids there. Um, none of the main characters. No Millie Bobby Brown. No uh, Finn Wolfhart and Will wasn't there either. But the other three were there, so that was cool. Um, but. They got asked a question, and it was the last fucking question, too. They've been talking for 45 minutes. They've been embarrassed by questions of kissing one another and all this weird, goofy shit. Uh, and somebody comes up and says, what's your, uh, what's your fandom called? Because I think I've got the perfect answer for it. And they all just look super terrified and super confused. 
I'm like two rows back and like, I can just see like the, the fear rising in these poor children's faces. Oh man. I can't even remember what this fucker said, but he, he like proposed this thing and then started chanting it to the crowd and nobody chanted along with him. He tried to come up with this new name. Like, you know, like there's Trekkies for star Trek fans. And he tried to come up with this thing for, for stranger things fans and nobody bought into it. And the, the moderator was even just like, yeah, this is a really weird note to end on, but thank you all for coming out. <laughs> I hope they were paid good good minimums there. They were all really funny. Uh, uh, Gatton Matarazzo or whatever, however you fucking say it. He was really funny, really delightful, and the other two were great too. One thing I thought was really cool, I really enjoyed going to uh, these things called sketch tools they had at uh, the Fan Expo, which I had never heard of or been to at any other con. The moderator is really good. It was a guy named John Golston, I believe. Uh, and what it is was they brought up three comic book artists and the audience shouted out a character and then a variation of the character. And then the artists all uh, had to draw that character with that variation in their own interpretation. And they would stop periodically and we get to see the progress of their drawings. It's really cool to see how just these loose circles became like these really awesome pieces of art. The first one I went to, they did Wolverine x23 not logan but laura and the variation was artist choice and david finch was on it with dan panosian dan panosian and another guy named johnny i think that does work for dynamite that i'm not familiar with but his art was really good it's really cool just to see their stuff come to life and the really cool thing is after it was all said and done they gave away the art free if you got in there early enough you got a ticket uh, and they would randomly draw from a box you get an original piece of artwork from these amazing artists. And I went a second time too, uh, when they had Alex Malave there, uh, and a few others and they were doing Hellboy in a medieval theme. And I was actually lucky enough to win an original sketch by Mike McCone, uh, doing Hellboy, which was a, really a highlight for me for that con. Yeah. Alex won a free sketch that he is going to just give away to one lucky fan. <laughs> uh, he has, he fan me. He doesn't know it yet, but, uh, I'm giving it away to myself. <laughs> sorry, Alex. Uh, this is for the good of the podcast, my friend. It was odd too because I had just purchased a Hellboy figure earlier before attending it, and they were yeah. almost like Hellboy. It was just this weird set of coincidences, and it was the last thing given away at that panel, and it was also a bonus sketch because he, Mike McCone, had finished his original one earlier and just sketched out another while waiting <laughs> for everyone else. And just the art was just really cool. Finch's art was really cool when he did Laura. Uh, Alex Malave's Hellboy was done with watercolors, and it just looked absolutely beautiful and stunning. It's, I mean, if you get a chance to go one of those, and if you're a pre, and if you like comic book art. Uh, it's cool to see. And they ask about like what tools they use, uh, what do they prefer to use at home, stuff like that. So it's an impromptu Q&A with a chance to win an original piece of art without having to pay a commission for these guys. Yeah, uh, congratulations, Alex, on your win. Thanks for rubbing it in everybody's faces that you just got a $100,000 piece of art for free. <laughs> if anyone wants to pay that, I will. I mean, I will, it'll pay me, but I'll part with it yeah. for that figure. Alex, uh, if anybody wants it, uh, there's an original Hellboy sketch, one of a kind, only $100,000. And you should see a picture of it up on our Instagram uh, in a couple days at some point, too. Was there anything that you would have liked done at the podcast that you didn't get a chance to? Not the podcast. Was there anything, if you're doing it over again, that you would have liked to done at the fan expo that you didn't get a chance to due to time constraints or other obligations? Uh, I really wish that I could have waited in some of the uh, <clears throat> the lines for some of the artists there to get some more autographs. Uh, that would have been really, really cool. 
but I wasn't about to spend 30 minutes or an hour in line longer than I already was uh, for somebody else that wasn't at the, the absolute top of my list. So David Finch, I would have absolutely loved to get some of his uh, autographs, Lifefield, same thing. Like that would have been fucking fantastic, but time constraints were what they were. I wanted to go buy other shit. So I decided to put that on the back burner. Yeah, I would like to get stuff signed by like Andy Kubert, who was there not for long, uh, but he had an awesome original piece behind his booth of a drawing he did of Gambit and Rogue. I'm a massive Gambit fan. I would have liked to have picked that up if I had that kind of loose cash flowing around and uh, <laughs> room my house for a giant sized uh, picture of Gambit and Rogue posting. It also wouldn't make it awkward too, but you know, it's one of the things that is better in my mind than in reality. Again, Alex, there is this entire room where we record our studio has. But one thing on the wall here, and actually, I got an ass load of uh, metal number ones autographed that I I just happened to gift one to Alex. So now he owes me uh, the debt of his life. I believe was the trade. Yeah, it's going to be <clears throat> the being gifted a metal number one was awesome, and it's going to be really awful for me if my son grows up and just hates comic book and just beats <laughs> up on me every day for being a nerd. <laughs> uh, if if there's anybody that can help him to do that, it, it would be me, my friend. Yeah, you, you have no problem with being a hypocrite in that nature. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck that lame-ass dad of yours. Your son is an alpha. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all I'm going to call Elliot from now on is alpha. What was the coolest cosplay that you saw? Oh, man. Um, there were a couple really, really, really cool ones. Uh, somebody did Death Note, uh, the main bad dude from Ryu. that one. There you go. Uh, somebody did like a major own from home cosplay of that. And it was like eight and a half, nine feet tall. It was really, really cool. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I also play uh, the video game Overwatch a, a decent amount. I haven't played it in a while, but <clears throat> there was a Brigitte costume and she is a brand new character. And the person that did it was fucking fantastic. I was really, really blown away. But some of these Overwatch costumes were just so spot on. Like, I feel like they were just yeah, crafted. Someone did, had a Reinhardt that was larger than all the Overwatch characters, too, yeah. which was really cool. They didn't, of course, they, they couldn't go to get a giant glowing blue shield. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck was going on there. Why they couldn't get, like, a 14-foot a <laughs> long... It would have been easy to carry around the con. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Uh, the Overwatch players are really cool. I saw, uh, not to call it back to him, but a couple going around as Gambit and Rogue that looked really cool, very much conflict accurate. Uh, oh, I know another one. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, there was a Grandmaster from Thor Ragnarok. This dude had the fucking sandals and the blue painted toes and everything. The makeup done perfect. Dude is walking around in some supreme ass Grandmaster uh, cosplay. It was great. There was a couple, as always you see at cons, there was a couple of cool Deadpools. There was some Deadpools that looked like ripped straight from the movie, but there was a Bob Ross Deadpool. There was a Stormtrooper Deadpool. So it was fun thing people yeah. did those variations on them. Uh, there was quite a few different variations of Batman as well. Didn't see many Superman. I would still say probably Harley Quinn is probably the still most popular cosplay character right now out there. Uh, that reminds me of, yeah, there was a lot of fucking Harley Quinns. Uh, that reminds me of my favorite statue from the, uh, from the con was a Batman statue that was life size. It was like six foot two, yeah. uh, just absolutely jacked. And the head was about the size of a, cantaloupe like yeah, it was so the statue small. looked up if you looked at it from the feet down as you got up and then you saw the yeah. head it was like in beetlejuice whenever the, they, they got their head shrunk it was like it was like someone did that to that statue 
Yeah, it was fucking bizarre. Statue totally proportionate, all the way great. Like Vincent, oh. adult man dresses Batman. <laughs> all the way up to the neck was perfect on that statue, and it was only like eight hundred bucks too. Like I don't know Someone why we didn't got buy a picture it. of Affleck or Kilmer like with that statue. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah, Kilmer was there too. So there were two also of the worst the Batmans of all time. I think I ranked both of those as my worst two Batmans, if I'm not mistaken. You're just a terrible person. <laughs> So we go to a decent amount of cons. Who is your dream guest that you would love to see? Do one for comics and one for film and TV. Oh, man, that's fucking good. That's really, really hard. Um, I would say just based on the the stuff that I have right now, probably Recommender would be my, my number one comic book guest. Um, and if I had to pick one movie star to be there, Probably Rick Moranis, right? Like everybody's number one <laughs> actor choice. Uh, Netflix is doing an SCTV uh, reunion special. No shit. But he was announced as part of it. Oh, uh, so. God damn it. Of course not. What about you? If you were to pick a uh, a comic book all-star. I mean, for me, it would be Garth Ennis. Uh, even though there's so many greats, I would love to see uh, Garth Ennis. Oh, yeah. The guy that I, I don't even think about. Long. Oh, so if we're just going with anybody... Alan Moore, give me goddamn Alan yeah. Moore. Let him sign my copy of like Watchmen number one. Someone who's a little bit newer, but yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me fucking Alan Moore. Sorry, sorry, recommender. Like I would love to have you, but Alan yeah. Moore is would be the definite star. Uh, I mean, and I too would love to see recommender, but I mean, Garth Dennis is just the, the person above all else. I'd love to see at a con, even though he doesn't really do him, so I'll probably never get that chance. Uh, for film and TV, I mean, I could cheat and just say Neil Gaiman. Since he's the showrunner on Good Omens. Oh, man. Uh, and he also works in comic. Um, if I had to choose an actor, though. Uh, actually, no. I would choose... Not an actor. I'd choose a director. I would choose Taika Waititi. Uh, Ooh, because I, I like think he would choice. be incredibly just interesting and fun. And I love all those movies outside of Thor Ragnarok. So His panel would be fucking fire. Yeah. But I think that about wraps it up for this week's Tension of Comics. Uh, as always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. With Henchman of Comics, I'm Alec Feshback. And I am not Neil Gaiman. Henchman ain't easy.